Hey guys, I'm Rob. And I'm Ashton. And this is the We Held It Together podcast. A podcast on faith, marriage, and mental health. And a bunch of random stuff. We hope you enjoy. Hey guys. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Great way to start. Um, today we have Kyle and his girlfriend Brandy on, but we'll mainly be interviewing Kyle today. And Robert, why don't you share how we know Kyle? We know Kyle or I know Kyle, um, initially from the army. We were in the same unit in Germany and um, he was one of my soldiers. And uh, yeah, we just kind of, you know, became friends and kind of grew that relationship and still remain close uh, currently. He's up in um, the North. <laughs> <He's in Iowa. laughs> Iowa. I always want to say Chicago because when I first met him, he's like, I'm from Chicago. And it came out that he's in a suburb and we all made fun of him. And anyways, long story, I guess. Um, But yeah. So Kyle was with you in Graf, Germany. And then he also got, what is, do you say like restationed to Fort Bragg? PCS. Well, for us common folk, you would say restationed, right? And then from Graf, I was stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Right. So Kyle was at our apartment or at our house like every weekend when we first got married, which was, we loved it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think a lot of people thought it was like really weird, but we loved it. Kyle would drive up on the weekends and he would stay with us and then he'd drive back and work through the week and then drive back and come stay with us. And he was at Thanksgiving at your parents' house with us. And so it was a lot of fun for us. And I think a lot of fun for you after you got out of army to still be able to see Kyle and then y'all's other best friend Jared so shout out Jared um (laughs) yeah I think our relationship grew quick because um we were just in an environment that's very stressful but then also this amazing experience where we would travel together all through Europe and just make these really fantastic memories um so the first time I actually introduced myself to Kyle you know he had shown up to the unit um, as our new medic, actually with one other guy, and we kept forgetting their names and mixing them up. But um, that night, I went over to his barracks room, and I had my pull-up bar that, you know, it fits into the door jam, and then we can call it a six-pack of beer. (laughs) I'm not sure what (laughs) it was, but um, I just said, I knocked on the door, he opened up, had no idea what I was doing. I was like, it's beer and pull-ups time, man. And so we just um, drank and did pull-ups all night and got to know each other. So that sounds like a blast. It's a great way to break the ice. I highly recommend it. I will say. It was a good icebreaker. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Kyle, you got out of the Army when? I got out of the Army. um, I went on terminal leave December like 15th, 2018. Um, And then I was like officially um, done with active duty. January 25th, 2019. Okay. And what are you doing now? Right now I go to school at the University of Iowa. Um, I started here in January, 2019. And I'm currently in my fourth semester here. I'm a senior, but just because I have credits coming from before the army and then a lot actually from the army. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, And you graduate in December? Right now the plan is to graduate in December, 2021. Um, however, there is a possibility that I will uh, graduate a semester later in the spring of 2022, just based on um, which PA schools I'm planning on applying to and their courses that they require for you to apply. 
Okay. Got it. Well, I know we know your story, but we want to be able to share with other people your story and hopefully you still want to share your story. (laughs) That's why you're on here. (laughs) Um, But why don't you kind of tell us about like how you grew up, where you're from? I don't know. Just kind of like your backstory, like before you came to the army. Yeah. Maybe even what led you to the army initially. Um, So as Rob loves to point out, I am from a suburb of Chicago uh, it's called Glen Allen. It's a western suburb. Um, if you're familiar with like Naperville, it's right by there. But I grew up in the suburbs. My parents divorced when I was three, and they li- they've lived about 20 minutes apart um, my whole life. So that wasn't that bad. I was able to travel back and forth pretty easily. Um, and then you know, as I got older and more involved in sports and stuff, uh, it became just like you know, when I could, I would go see my dad because I mainly lived with my mom um, there in Glen Allen, and I really enjoyed my childhood. It was very fun. I thought high school was a blast. I didn't try, but I did fine. (laughs) (laughs) Robert can relate. (laughs) My teachers would always say, if you really applied yourself, you know, there's so much potential um, every time. But um, I graduated in 2013 and I attended Purdue University. And that was Purdue University is in um, West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, that was when my lack of applying myself in high school really, uh, came back to hurt because I got to college and it was just a whole different animal and I was not in like the right mindset, um, for it. And I really struggled. So I spent, what's that, um, four semesters there actually, um, before I left to join the army. And what really caused me to leave was um, my first two semesters like did not go well at all. I was in a pretty low place. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I was very fortunate. My parents paid for my school at the time and being out of state, I mean, it's tens of, tens of thousands of dollars to pay for that. And I felt like I was like wasting their money and getting nowhere. Um, so I needed to change something and I need some structure. So I actually reached out to the ROTC um, there over the summer and they, you know, accepted me into the program. I started that fall. And it was through ROTC that I realized that, you know, I really, uh, I really enjoyed this aspect, like the military, I'd always thought about it. Um, I wanted like more of it and I didn't necessarily like the route that ROTC would take me um, because I would have had to join like the Indiana National Guard mm-hmm. to remain in that, in that program and being like a resident of Illinois, it didn't make any sense to me and everything kind of fell into place. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to leave and enlist. Yeah. So without telling my parents, I did. I uh, went and I enlisted. They did not know that. I told them at dinner. And at the time, I uh, was dating someone and they thought for sure that I had like gotten her pregnant. (laughs) 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 Not even on like their radar at all. So there was like relief that like they weren't going to be like grandparents. Um, (laughs) Also like, wait, what? You're joining the military? And that was in November of 2014. And then I didn't go ship off to basic until uh, January 2015. Hmm. I did not know that story. That's the first time I'm hearing that. Actually. That's interesting. So, okay. So you got into the army, you went to basic, Mm -hmm. and then I'm assuming you went, did like AIT. Right. And then jump school, right? Yep. Did I get that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Um, Soldier training, medical training, and then 
And then you were immediately stationed at Graf, right? Right. Yeah. I actually graduated airborne school on like a, a federal holiday. So spent a few extra days there at Fort Benning before eventually going to Baltimore and then going right to Germany. Yeah. Yeah. They always send you to Baltimore to ship out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess like kind of an initial question is when you got into the, well, okay. Two things. One, do you think you were struggling with like depression and stuff like that when you were at Purdue or do you feel like that was kind of something that popped up later? No, um, I definitely was struggling at Purdue, especially that first semester there. Um, and then into the second, and I can't remember exactly what point. Oh, I, never mind. I do know. It was my first semester there. It was a winter. And I had like duties to do as um, like the vice president as like my pledge class. Mm. Um, fraternity, right? Yep. Uh, for the fraternity, which we will go with just unnamed because it actually is a really great fraternity. But um, I like was just feeling so overwhelmed that the walls were closing in. And I, that was the first time I ever thought about like ending my life. And then I didn't. And then I reached out and I was like to my mom and I was like, I need you to come here. I'm not doing well. And so she did. And then we got a hotel and we talked about some things and she wanted me to talk to um, a school counselor after she had left, which I did actually, I think I went twice and it was like one like the free like school, like, um, like On mental campus, people. Mm-hmm. and I just did not, we did not like click or connect. Mm. And like she didn't and that like, really matters. If you don't connect with somebody who you're doing therapy with, it's like game changer. You don't really want to go back. Right. And like, it was like, she like, wasn't believing me or like, there was like, maybe I wasn't like allowing myself to be like open enough with her. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but all I know is that we did not work out at all. And I stopped going and my mom got obviously like mad. Cause she's like, why would you stop going? This is serious. And then that's when we tried to find some more structure, which led to, um, or OTC, but that's probably the first time that it happened before the army. So while you think you, it was, oh, oh sorry, ahead. no, you go ahead. You think it was kind of masked with you know going into the army where you had a lot of structure and getting told what to do, and you had very clear goals, and you know for a short time it kind of was masked almost. I think so, um, especially growing up, um, like playing sports year round, you always do have like that like structure. Um, in a way, whether it's just like, you know, you have to be here or there, um, you know, practices, games, tournaments. And then, you know, at Purdue, that lack of structure really, I think, that was like maybe like a like a wall that was keeping everything together, like fell apart. It's a lot and, of free time. Right. Yeah, a lot of time, you know, to be on your own and think and what do you do? But then you know, once I did join the Army, I did thrive on that, you know, like Robert, that, like that structure and like the goals and like, even though some days we didn't know what the heck we were doing, like we knew it was for a cause. Or, yeah. And for the next, whatever, four years, three years, it's like, this yeah, is what I'm yeah. doing. I don't have an option. Right. Um, so you don't really have to worry about what am I doing? Where am I going? Passions in a career kind of sense. No. And like, much. yeah, especially in the army, like you, you find out pretty quickly that you can do a great job and you can do a terrible job. And regardless, you get paid the same, which like, I did not like take like the, the ladder. Like I, I think like you may both, you know, did a 
very good job in the army. Um, and it was tough to recognize that like our peers were not, but like I, like, like I say, like it's, uh, you know, it's four years, three years. And it's like, you know, no matter what I do, I'm locked into this. And so I think that really helped to just like settle some concerns. Cause it's like, Hey, whatever decisions I make, it don't matter. Like I'm in this for, you know, the long run. Yeah. I know I have my own thoughts on kind of what I thought mental health was and kind of how I viewed the military standing on it. And I'm curious to kind of hear yours. So my first exposure to like mental health and military was when like, you know, we worked in like the graph clinic and then you go through the questions you got to ask every patient, you know, like the PTSD questions and the depression questions. And like, you know, you kind of like depressed, suicidal, homicidal. Yeah, exactly. Last two weeks, you know, thoughts, yeah. or something, you know, but all that, you just rattle it off and like, you're so used to like, no, 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 no. And then you get the one guy in there who says like, yeah. And it's like, you don't even know what to do at that point. And, and you're, you're like, like uh, C figure three. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Click this tab. And then yeah. it's like, oh yeah, we know him. Like, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. And then like the, it got to the point where even on some people, we were told not to ask the, the question, those types of questions because um, it may trigger some things and like just best avoid the topic. And it's like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but all right. Um, but so that was my first exposure was that like, it's not taken seriously. Like you kind of go through the motions outside looking in and then further on into the, um, my time, you find it like it's promoted as a, like, there's no shame in getting help. And like, you know, there's these resources here that for your benefit, you know, use them, you know, and like every Friday we'd hear it, you know, like if you're, if you're hurting, like reach out, tell somebody, you know, I'll come pick you up, whatever you need. And then you see someone do it. And then it's like, you never see them again. Like they're never the same again. Or they're like, you know, they were in a leadership role and now they're not anymore. So it became a, a thing where like, if you reach out and try to help yourself, it's not going to end well for you. Yeah. It's, it ruins a career. It, you know, I feel like in terms of HIPAA, it seems to always get out. You know, right. People. Yeah. I mean, I went to, um, I went to ASAP, the Army Substance Abuse Program, after some mistakes made on block leave. And I like, you know, owned up to it or whatever afterwards. And there it's like super hush hush, right? Because you're not supposed to know who. And then like I show up and there's five of us in there and four of us are in our unit and it's like, Oh, great. So, so we all know that we're here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you're like, Oh, we saw doc boss out at, uh, you know, out at ASAP. So it's like, well, great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're kind of going through all of this, you're in the army now, you kind of have struggled with this before. Do you feel like it came back up in the army that you felt like you were still struggling or did you kind of suppress all of this for a while until you got back out? Um, I think that it came up uh, a little bit in the army, uh, specifically during the holidays. And it was one year particular that I can't remember which one that like I did a lot of like drinking alone. And it was like sad because like I didn't go home for Christmas. It was you know, expensive and I didn't want to deal with like family drama. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to stay here, save some money, save some leave days. And it sucks. Like you get your Christmas gifts shipped to you and they're early and then they just sit there. And it's like a reminder every day you wake up. It's like, Oh, I'm missing Christmas with my family. And it was my own choice, but you know, either way. Um, and that was definitely a, like probably when things started to creep back up. And then 
that was when Rob, your brother Thomas was there too. And we started hanging out, which was awesome. But I would nap like all the time. And he would crap for it because he's like, dude, like you are napping so often. Because he'd always want to go out and like rock climb with me. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to take a nap. Um, and so that was like the most it got to when I was in the army was just like isolation, um, you know, poor coping mechanisms, and just a lot of just tiredness. But it never affected, in my mind, I guess, like how I was day to day. It was always like behind closed doors. Do you feel like you were drinking more? in the army or no? Yeah, uh, I definitely drank more in the army. And like during that time, that's the most I've ever like consumed, like I'll call it alone. Cause yeah. normally you drink in the army, you're with like your barracks buddies, you know, whatever, going out to the bars, having a good time. And it's naturally a lot of drinking, especially if you're an enlisted person and you're single. But it became a concern when I realized that like, it was like myself and like no one else in the room. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that before where I don't think I knew how much Robert was consuming because I wasn't with him. So even if you're dating somebody, it's hard to kind of, like nobody is able to see that because you're not around that. And the people that you're probably surrounding yourself with are all probably partaking in that kind of over-drinking behavior. Yeah, and I think mine happened later. I think when I was in Germany, I was with a really great community there. Um, in terms of, you know, just having people beside me and that I could lean on. Um, but then once I went to Fort Bragg, I really, I mean, the year I was there, never really had someone to connect with. Um, you know, I did have one buddy who we mentioned earlier, Jared, who actually came to the exact same unit I was in at Bragg, but he soon, um, he deployed soon after. And Kyle, you didn't come until much later. Right, yeah. You, Rob was already out of the army by the time yeah. he got there, and Jared was still on his deployment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so those experiences for me kind of came later, I guess, in my career, where you know you just find yourself alone, just very in your thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So when you got out. Um, and we can always bounce back to the army because I know that's such a big part of y'all's life and kind of what has affected you. I know for Robert, that kind of was a starting point, but Kyle, maybe for you, it, it was starting before that. I guess, like, what kind of made you come to the realization that you were struggling when you got out? It took me a while to do that. Um, the best way I can describe getting out of the army or the military in general is like a roller coaster. Like right when you get out, you're, like, you're at the top. It's awesome. It's a great feeling. You dreamed then, of it. <laughs> <laughs> I said you've dreamed of your freedom. Right. Yeah. Like literally like Rob described me as like, you drive off, like you drive through that gate. It's like a weight off your shoulders and mm-hmm. it feels like a, and it does. Right off a cliff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just en- enjoy the sunset as you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, but, way, too, uh, way too bleak, no. way too bleak. <laughs> Keep going, Kyle. I go out of the gate and I go into the light pole. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so and then like you get out and you know, like, it's, a, it's like the highest of highs and then it's like the lowest of lows. But then, you know, as time goes on, it, the highs and lows start like even out and then it's a flat line. And so like that really helped me initially getting out, getting that advice because I started school, you know, like 30 days after I was done. Um, 
that's a month, but it's really not that much of a transition period for someone who hasn't been in like academia for four years mm. and jumping right back into college courses. So my first semester back was just like the honeymoon period, I'd say. Everything was so fresh and so new, like I could smell the fresh air and it was great. <laughs> I could do things on my own and I didn't have a roommate and that was awesome. So that was really nice. And then towards the end, um, it sort of like leveled out a little bit. Over the summer, I ended up going home to work for my dad, uh, just driving a dump truck, which I love so much. I don't know why. It was a great job. <laughs> and I was on my own, me and the truck and the music. Something about it was great. And then towards the end of summer, uh, my dad and I started butt heads on a few things. So I was like, all right, I'm ready to come back to school. So I came back actually a week earlier than I was supposed to. Um, I started up school in the fall and that was all right. And then things like picked up a little bit and I was just like, I felt just under a lot of pressure and that pressure was coming from like myself just to um, like excel and succeed because, you know, I'm starting at this university. Uh, I have big goals. You know, I want to go to PA school, but unfortunately my GPA from Purdue came with. Yeah. And it was at the time like a 2.18. And it's like, like digging yourself out. Yeah, exactly. I had to dig myself out of this big hole. And it was very important that like every class matters. And it's not like, you know, you get like a C, whatever, it's fine. You need to still get your degree. It's like, no, I need these classes to matter. Uh, to get into, like, and I remember that like talking to you a lot when you're getting out, um, not just being on your mind, just like kicking yourself about, you know, your past GPA and transfer credits and oh this is going to affect my PA school and yada 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 and it's you know and yeah that was just definitely on the forefront of your mind a lot yeah it was uh it was a major concern um and like I was fighting an uphill battle for sure and you know like looking back real quick it's I definitely focused too much on that there's more to you know PA school than your GPA it is very important, but at the time I placed all my focus on that. Yeah. I didn't really consider that like, you know, some schools only look at your past 60 credits. So like in my case, that's fantastic. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking like, dude, start over with me, <laughs> come on over, stay in North Carolina. But yeah. I've gotten that invite from you, I think three times now. In the past. <laughs> Probably more than and clearly, he's still not in North Carolina, so. He keeps going further and further away. <laughs> uh, one day, one day. But then the fall started up, and yeah, like I said, like just a lot of pressure. And I kind of just like took it all in and was silent. I had moved into a new apartment. It was very big. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was me. And I got a dog over the summer, a black lab. His name's Goose. He's amazing. And so like, it was just me and him. And I just kept like things kept getting worse and I kept like just worrying more and more about school. And like, it's frustrating because I felt like I was working so hard and getting nowhere. And like, even compared to like my peers who are like, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And they're like putting in like, you know, barely any work and doing well. It's like, what separates them from me? Like, why do I feel like I'm working so hard, but getting nowhere? Like I'm literally fighting myself on everything. And it was very frustrating and like exhausting. And, you know, there was those, those dark thoughts that kind of crept in towards the end of the semester to the point where like I considered 
I'm sorry. I struggle with the timeline here because, like, I'll say, like, well, I in the winter, oh, no, it was winter, I considered like killing myself again, and it like comes out of nowhere. But the thoughts kept getting worse and worse, and it escalated pretty quickly, and to the point where like I had like first thought about like, well, you know, like how would it affect my family, and then it progressed from there to like like how would I do it, and that's as far as I got was like this is how I would do it. Um, and I say I struggle to remember which, which, uh, if it was December or January, because over winter break, I went to the doctor, um, and originally to talk about like ADHD. Cause I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm working so hard. I can't focus. Like, I don't know. So I go in there, I see a PA and we're talking and she's like, I'm sure I'm probably one of her like few veteran, um, patients just given like where I'm from and like where she works. So um, I, I can tell she's not really like getting it. I don't know. So she asked me to fill out a few questionnaires. One of them was like the ADHD questionnaire. And the other one was a like depression, anxiety questionnaire. And um, we're turning those back to her and she's like, okay, so um, you do have like some, some, some things that point to ADHD, uh, but more importantly, uh, you, um, you really got a lot of things that indicate you're going through like a depressive episode or, um, you know, have like depression. Like, what do you like? Have you considered that? Like, how do you feel about that? And I was like, Oh, I mean, no, I think like maybe I was just too honest with you. Um, cause like veterans sometimes can be very like crude. I don't know, like self depreciating mm-hmm. and yes, so, dark you guys, humor. You guys can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I was like, Oh no, you're just too honest. Anyway, I ended up walking out with, nothing for ADHD, but a diagnosis of moderate major depression. And we started on Wellbutrin at the time. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I was just too honest. I don't get it. And then as winter break went on, I kind of started thinking about it some more and read some more into it. And it really started to make sense because I was isolating myself from situations. Um, Brandy had tried to you know, date me in the fall <laughs> and I turned her down twice. <laughs> so like, and I just didn't feel like myself. And I was like, you know, maybe this is why maybe like that's why I'm having such a hard time and I'm fighting myself is because I literally am like at war with myself. Yeah. Um, what, what, um, was this, this last winter? Yeah, this is this last winter. So okay, eight months ago. Okay. Yeah. Cause this is, around the time that you were going through everything as well. Yeah, I was just wondering right. where we were at. And I remember calling Kyle and Jared and telling them kind of what happened with you, that you were going into the VA hospital. And I remember looking at Kyle's face and thinking like, he's freaking out right now because he's feeling the same way that Robert's felt. And I remember asking you like, are you doing okay, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just processing all of this. It's just a lot. And then I think when you came, Kyle and Jared came down and actually I surprised Robert and we did, um, we all went to Asheville for our anniversary right before Robert went into Hopeway. And I remember, you know, we kind of didn't really talk about anything then either, but Mm -hmm. I did check in on you then too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know Robert kept saying like, I'm worried about Kyle. He's saying the same things that I feel like I was saying when I was at Carolina, like he feels lost. He feels kind of hopeless, but like, he's just powering through. But I think she, while you're saying that you don't think she was really understanding, I think she was recognizing something in you that you didn't recognize in yourself. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Um, I remember when I was talking to you about her and I was like, you know, like, what's the point? Like, Oh, I am talking about the doctor, but you did talk about Brandy as well to me. And I remember saying to you, like, what do you have to lose? (laughs) 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 And, and I think you were freaking out. You were like, I'm not good enough for her. Like I just, you had every excuse in the book for not dating Brandy. Oh yeah. So for the, yeah, that was, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that was like another red flag for me for sure. Um, was just your self-image and then also all these minor things being just like on repeat just overloading your head and those were two um you know big things that i struggled with as well so yeah yeah ashton i do think that you're right and like that pa probably did recognize some things in myself that like i didn't recognize or didn't want to recognize so it wasn't a case of like, you know, me being too honest or, you know, like, like I said, it was definitely you know, warranted, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, and then, yeah, for Brandy, she, oh, she's, she could tell, like, she didn't know me that, that well, because we had just met in like late August, early September. So she didn't know what to like, what I was like normally. And like, when we were trying to like make things work, I was like, you know, like, I'm a good guy. Like, I promise I'm not like this. Yeah. Like, and she didn't get it. And then um, our good friend um, would tell her, like, yeah, like somebody's up with Kyle. Like, I don't know. He's different. Um, I'm sure that didn't help her at all when I would just keep turning her down. But she <laughs> knew at that point, like, I think that something was off because um, obviously she couldn't take my word for it. She only knew me for like two months. And, and really to mask all of that, he just said, um, that he needed to focus on school and he's, you know, got a lot going on with school and that was always his excuse. Um, and at first I believed that, but then after a while, I, did, I kind of thought there was more to the story. So yeah, I hung around. <laughs> yeah. You're super intuitive on your part, Brandy. Yeah. yeah. Weird, you know, like, I feel like in the past when someone turns you down like twice, you just kind of move on and like, yeah let go of that but there was just something where I couldn't we had like the best connection that I've ever had with any a person before and so I couldn't let it go but I knew that he wasn't in a place to move forward with that so I just settled on us being friends I guess um kind of just hoped that maybe he would talk to me eventually or he could kind of figure it out whatever was going on yeah Hey folks, real quick, I want to tell you about a need-to-have product for your home, the Auto FireGuard, or better known as AFG Fireball. This product performs better than a fire extinguisher or overhead sprinkler system. Ashton and I wish we had known about the Fireball prior to our house fire, but we sleep better now that we have one. Get yours today at QuoraDistribution.com. That's Q-U-O-R-A Distribution.com. And use code held together at checkout for your discount. Again, that's held together. I wanted to ask, like Kyle, I know for me, I don't know if it's the military, but I assume so. Kind of thinking, um, oh, everyone feels this way, or like because there's almost like a joking matter when you're yeah. in of like, like everyone jokes about being so depressed and like suicidal and like. Like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna freaking kill myself like this stuff, man. <laughs> like, you know, like it's just it's the way people talk. Um, and so I know getting out, 
I had the same mindset where I would just think, and I know I've said this before on the podcast, everyone deals with this stuff. I'm just like weak and get down on myself because I can't handle it. That's definitely how I felt. Cause like, it's hard to like validate things. Cause you're like, am I like, am I just being like weak, like weak sauce right now? Like everyone else can do this. Like what's wrong with me? You know? And it's like, well, yeah, I think you said it very well, Rob. It's like, am I just being weaker? Like what's actually going on? And that's what happened. I would never, I didn't acknowledge like an outside option other than myself, like being incapable or like not being able to do it and then beating myself up about it. Mm-hmm. So Brandy kind of helped you along. I know, I know that doctor, like you went on, went to the doctor on your own for ADHD medicine and that doctor was in tune. Brandy was in tune. So what kind of took you to realize that you, you actually were dealing with something and you needed help? Um, it was hard to realize that, but it really took a lot of just, I think I was home for winter break. Right. So like I was alone um you know all my friends are you know not in the area anymore so i spent a lot, a lot of time alone and just like thinking about things and the more i thought about it, the more it kind of made sense and it it was almost like a relief because it, it did explain like some behavior i guess because i kept explaining to brandy like i'm not like this like you know i promise and you know like it's just you know whatever every excuse in the book or you know like why i was having such a hard time focusing in school or well, I felt like I was getting nowhere in life and all my concerns about the future. So um, at some point it did become a relief. And I'd say it probably took like you know, three to four weeks, um, almost all winter break for me to really be like, maybe this is legit. And it does explain some things. Yeah. And when I hadn't told anybody about it at all, all through winter break, like, you know, I went to the doctor, went back home, you know, didn't, didn't say anything. And then Brandy was actually the first person I told because I thought she deserved to know. Cause you know, like she said, she could tell there was something there. We had this amazing connection and I wasn't good to her. So I actually invited her over to my apartment and she was thinking that like, this is going to be a good talk. He came around. <laughs> I definitely led her to believe that. So I, you know, I take fault for that. Instead it was, Hey, um, so I think I can explain some of my behavior over the like past couple months. It's because, um, you know, I have depression and I'm kind of dealing with it not in the best way. Um, but you know, I know you care about me and I care about you. So I want you to know, and I'm really sorry about the way I treated you, but this is something I'm going through. And at the time, I'm not trying to bad mouth her <laughs> at the time she was more upset that like I didn't uh, ask her to date that she was just like, mm-hmm. like, okay. Okay. And then left shortly thereafter. And I was like, that went great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, like not long after that, she texted me saying like, I'm so sorry. Like you just confessed something like big to me and I did not respond correctly. And from then on, she became like my confidant in all my struggles. And, you know, several times, like, she'd pick me up and I would just like cry in her car and we'd talk and talk. And she really was like everything I needed at that time and like a complete blessing and still is. And so through that, we ended up like, you know, talking more and growing through that process together. Um, I told her, I was like, you know, I don't think I can like just be friends with you at this point. Like, you know, so much about me. 
I'm in like this low, low spot and you've been there for me. Like, and you just build this incredible like emotional like, connection. And, um, since then we've just continued to grow that connection and now we live together. There you go. And there it is. Folks. <laughs> just kidding. There it is. <laughs> no, I mean, we love Brandy and we've only met her once, but it's, she's really good for you, Kyle. And we, we know that. And it makes me want to cry. Like hearing you say that. Cause it's just, I don't know it. I feel like, man, y'all are lucky guys. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's just true. kidding. But no, I mean, I like, I just, I feel like I can really resonate with y'all's story and it's really cool to see how far you've come. Um, are you still on just well butrin or did you get changed medication? No. So I've had the same type of, um, fun little med- medicine go around, I guess that Rob's had not to the same extent, but I've tried three different meds since then. Um, so I, to answer your question, I'm still on the Wellbutrin. Um, down the line, I actually started going to VA here. And that was another great decision that, uh, Rob, I definitely thank you for, cause you kind of, you know, pushed me to reach out and do that. And plus, you know, like I have like a disability rating, I might as well go there. It doesn't cost me anything. So through that, I did get prescribed some, um, ADHD meds, which did not work initially because of like GI issues. And then we switched to another type and those have been working very well. And then, um, more recently, I have been prescribed an SSRI that I have yet to start because I just got in the mail today. Oh, great. There you go. So, okay. So that's exciting that you're starting new medication. I think it's hard. I know it's hard. I'm more, I, I did too much reading (laughs) online and kind of like scared myself a little bit before starting. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm trying to, you know, everyone has their own experiences and usually you only hear about the bad ones. That's true. People don't post about the good experiences ever. No, they don't. They always post about like, you know, or or you'll find like literally black and white. This medication saved my life. Yeah. This is the worst thing ever. Do not take this, you know, whatever. Um, Uh, Serotonin syndrome, you know, I'll never be the same. And it's like, well, I don't want to take it. Or like Robert was freaking out about early onset Alzheimer's from one of his medications because he thought he was forgetting things. Well, I was. He was. (laughs) I still think my short term memory is. (laughs) That wasn't the best. It's been affected. Well, Kyle, I mean. Who are you? Shut up. (laughs) I'm really proud of you. I am. Um, Kyle's like quickly become one of my best friends through Robert and that's been really awesome too and I'm so thankful that Brandy is now in the picture because now I have a girl to hang out with so yeah or I'm I'm just really proud of you and really excited for y'all yeah do you feel like well I guess to kind of close it out do you feel like there's anything that you would have done differently in the grand scheme of things um not join the army I'm just kidding (laughs) no I actually needed to join the army I was not person that was when I joined like when I left and so that was like I don't regret that at all that was amazing as much as like there were struggles there were you know some great times as well I wouldn't know you know Rob so I I I don't knock the army at all um but it's hard to say like if if there's anything I would do differently because like it got me to where I am now and I'm really happy with where I'm at now just based on like you know like having brandy in my corner um and all that but if I could say one thing it's maybe like I wish I would have recognized it in myself earlier but that's such a hard thing to do 
Um, so maybe that's one thing, but uh, yeah, really I want to, you know, open the, the floor up to maybe even advice to people or just anything that might help if someone's going through a similar situation or, um, and I try to bring it back. Like you don't need these, you know, it's not like the military or this, or like this mm-hmm. trauma or significant childhood. Like, you know, it can just be changes that really affect you. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm just curious to hear if you have any, like just points that you want to um, address. I think one thing that I really learned through this process is how dynamic it is because initially I thought it was going to be very linear. Like, okay, I got the diagnosis. I got this medication. It's going to be fine. And then it's not fine. But the way like I feel has changed in a way. So like I just told my doctor this, like when I first started having the symptoms, it was some like super intense, like lows, but then I kind of bounced back. And like where I'm at now is like, I don't have like any thoughts of suicide or anything, but the struggles like are like stronger and longer or like I'll go down and I won't go down as far, but I'll stay there for like a longer period of time. And I did not realize at the time, like starting this process, like how you can be doing better, but, but, but like worse at the same time. And mm-hmm. yeah, because you're not having the suicidal thoughts, but you're still living in a depressed state for a longer period of time. So it's like, you're feeling like you're better. Is that what you're saying? Like you're feeling like you're better because you're not having the suicidal thoughts, which is a good blessing. However, you're living in a depressed state for longer. I remember in the hospital, that was like one of the big points they taught. Cause I think that's how people think you just get, you get better. Right. And so they think it, that it's very linear, but the real road to recovery is just a jagged line. That's a generally upwards, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, in, in this type of stuff. And, you know, we've said this before, but medication isn't everything. Unfortunately, no, there's no yeah. miracle drug and it's, it's a hard road. You know, you learn to not take emotions for granted. And I know that sounds weird, but you have to fight and retrain your mind. And of course, medications get you to a place where you can do that. But it takes a while for you to practice, you know, put in place good thinking skills, coping skills, um, rhythms, life changes, you know, all these different scenarios that can bring you to a better well-being, you know physically emotionally all that i agree i think all those things you mentioned like they they seem very small at the time but they kind of compound off each other and lead to bigger changes down the road like one for me is waking up at the same time every day it's really helped i don't know why but it's just that structure i i just i need that and like you said medication is not everything and i could say if i could make one other change it would be to not be so scared of SSRIs and start them sooner or have that conversation with my doctor sooner and then try to get into therapy sooner because I don't, I haven't been able to talk to a professional about any like coping mechanisms or recognizing triggers or how do you deal with certain situations? And that's just due to like the the staffing out here. And it's like, I don't have an appointment until October and it's the first time I can get in. So that's one thing too. Like I wish I could, would have, tried to get that in sooner because I don't want to wait anymore to kind of talk to someone, a professional about it. 
Yeah. And this is like a caveat, but, and I don't, Kyle, I don't even know if you know about this, but Robert did do something, um, which is give an hour. And that is a nonprofit organization actually, um, that supports veterans and offers them one hour of free therapy for a year per week. Yeah. Um, so he did do that for a while just to speak to someone before he could get in with a therapist. So if you know, like you Kyle are a veteran or somebody else who maybe is a veteran and needs that, um, to be able to just talk to somebody that give an hour was a great opportunity. We'll link that in the podcast notes too. Uh, Also, it's a great nonprofit organization just to get involved with, or if you're like somebody who's a mental health. And we've worked Um, with them with, with Billy Goats. Billy Goats. We, you know, support them and have worked with some of their staff. So it's been cool, but a great resource. And I mean, there's, you know, when you're in a bind, there's lots of numbers you can call. Yeah. (laughs) I remember one time being on a job site and um, was just in such a bad place. And uh, I stepped out, you know, I think, I don't even know if I made it to lunch, but I called the veteran suicide hotline and I was like, ma'am, I I just need someone to talk to. And she's like, you can talk to me. (laughs) And I was like, so interesting. But I just, opened up to this complete stranger, like in a complete panic. And now we get mail from them weekly. <laughs> yeah, now I get handwritten notes. <laughs> handwritten notes all the I'm time, doing. wanting to know how Robert's doing, which and is super awesome. And I mean, for somebody calls. who maybe is struggling, um, it's it's a really cool, yeah. cool thing, but just throwing that out there. Robert, quick question. Was that conversation helpful for you? Like, I think it was, but how did it go? Like, did they offer you advice or what did they like? Um, provide on their end I think they were you know trying to figure out where I was at that moment mentally and I think I was at a very critical place and I think they addressed that by finding out something that still had meaning mentally like in in my life which was uh, my wife and family I was like, what was that? And and just like really like hounding that. How, you know, you're worth it to them. Um, You know, just like, so it was, it was like, you know, trauma ER medicine. It's not like this long-term build a relationship, but but it's definitely kind of subsiding the, the peak or the valley. I don't know however you want to look at it, but. I'd be lying if I said I haven't considered calling them. So I'm just curious, like, how it would go. No, I know. So thanks for sharing your experience with them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a... I mean, I think they're trained professionals that know what they're doing. I don't think that they would be around if they didn't. I think they really want to help veterans because, as we all know... And they also give you resources, like right. Give an Hour. Right. Like, that's how I actually first came up about... I mean, we, we all know that the veteran suicide rate is higher than just a civilian suicide rate by like exponentially. So mm-hmm. I think they're there to help and they want to help. And it's never bad to call them if you're in a bind or if you can't get Brandy or somebody else that you feel good about calling, I would say do it. Yeah, because it's, it is 24 seven and it's, you know, it's like calling 911. There's nothing too small. Yeah. Like if it's an issue, it's an issue. And it's never going to be like, why did you call us? You know, never, you know, is that going to happen? So 
I think you'll get somebody nice. Well, Kyle, we love you. And yeah. We're super blessed thank by you. you. Thank you for sharing. No, thanks for having us. Brandy as well. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in our episode this week. We hope you subscribe and give us that five-star review. We would like to thank Alex Manring for our artwork and Audio Jungle for our music. The podcast was done by Robert and me. We'll see you next week.
Yeah, and I think, I don't know, uh, it doesn't seem like they're in this boat, but I think that for the first time, it, it felt like someone was actually like taking care of me and understood what I was, like what I was trying to say. Um, yeah. I, I felt like with my general practitioner, but this, I mean, they like I said, freaking McDonald's of doctors, like very <laughs> uh, all over the country kind of, yeah. And um, they, it was like, you fill out the sheet, and they just go off that. They barely even talk to you and they <laughs> write you a script. And uh, oh, it's like you don't even feel like a person at that point. Like, I just, I don't know. Like in my mind, I would feel like you're not, I don't know. Like I would feel like I'm just, a yeah. name. I wouldn't feel like a name on a sheet. I wouldn't feel like a person. Oh, there was one time that guy had his back to me. I remember it was like my checkup. And he's like, so you uh, still feeling sad? <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I guess that's what you can call like, it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. It's like you just want to scream out, like, look at me. Like, yeah. yeah, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, but thank y'all. I mean, thank y'all so much for sharing your story. And yeah. if Let's you ever it. want to share more about your story, we are always here to listen. And um, it's really cool that you guys even chose us to do it for the first time because you, you said that you hadn't shared your story ever before, which is, like, such a blessing. And really cool that you guys are to a point where you feel like you can talk about it because that is a hard place to get. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I feel like we, I feel like we're in a spot and I feel like we're, you know, kind of approaching more things as well as, I don't know, as far as wanting to start a family, that's like a whole new ball game as well, just as far as the, you know, the physical health and the mental health stuff. So we're kind of working our way through that as well. But I think that'll be, that's kind of our next, you know, step in our journey. I Girl, we get it. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot, but um, yeah, God sustains, and I think also that every step of the way, like, He'll meet you. So that's yeah. really cool. But thank y'all again, and we're thank you guys. Think this yeah, has been fun. Like this has been like yeah. a little like, therapy session, not really, but it's been good. <laughs> I don't know about that. But... Yeah, how <laughs> out? Yeah, for sure. <laughs>